Welcome to Coaching the Coach. I'm your host, Pete Townley, for the Upstate Performance Project. Hey guys, how's it going today? Hope everyone had a good weekend, starting the week off right. I know we've got some good things going this week here at the gym. I'm excited. Uh, couple couple things first before we jump into today's topic. Um, first, we have started our started back our weightlifting uh, programming page. So for for many years, first couple years of existence, we had um, a weightlifting programming page where I posted daily um, weightlifting uh, workouts. Uh, for Olympic weightlifting specifically, um, and we did that for quite a while. Got through like four full training blocks um, before COVID hit, and I'm not blaming COVID for stopping. It just we had I had other things to focus on. Um, I did that more of a labor of love as opposed to um, you know something I'm making a lot of money off of. Programming, as you guys know, is my is my favorite part of the job, and actually what we're going to be talking about today, so it's a good segue. Um, So we are starting that up again. So if you are interested in some free weightlifting programming, head on over to our Instagram page at UPP underscore WGTLFT, up weightlift. So head over there, you'll find all kinds of... um, uh, programs. There's four full training blocks, uh, which is about uh, almost five months worth of training. We just started a new one today, so the new one is up as of right now. Um, also, this morning I got a really cool email that I have to share everybody and thank everybody. Really, that's what I need to be doing. Um, we have hit a milestone here um, in in the podcast now. We host the podcast on Podbean, and I also uh, stream it onto iTunes. And so I've gotten thousands and thousands of listeners, and I'm not sure how many people have downloaded it fully from um, iTunes, but just on Podbean, I have reached a thousand downloads. Um, so that's not just listens. We get a lot of listens, but just from Podbean, we've got over a thousand downloads uh, of our podcast. Uh, that means over a thousand times people wanted to save and listen to what we have to say uh, a little later in the day, or keep it one of the two. Either way, I'm eternally grateful, um, very humbled, um, and very excited. Uh, it's going to keep me pressing to to do more and more, uh, and and try to cre- keep creating more and more interesting content for you guys. So. That being said, let's jump right into the program for today, which is about programming. Um, again, as you know, programming um, is is one of my favorite things to do when it comes to um, not just weightlifting, but but uh, strength and conditioning and, and personal training. The, the the thing that gets me. Uh, going gets me going is is that we see uh, a client who who needs uh, who's at point A and they want to get to point B and so I have to take a look at everything is involved like what 
What's their current fitness level? What kind of time commitment do they have? Are they eating the right stuff? All of that stuff you take into consideration. And then I build exercises around that to try to get them to their goal. And it's gonna change based on how well they stick to it, how well they're progressing, all those kind of things. But that being said, I really feel like, for me anyways, that I have a, a really good, um, that's not the right word, not really. I have the passion for really diving deep into that. And what I have found over the years is that not everyone does, and that's okay. But I want to talk today about why you should at least consider trying to trying to write your programs. So what I mean is most personal trainers, I would assume, I could be wrong, are going to write their programs for their clients. Whether they just come up with it out of thin air or they're getting ideas from websites or other things, that's fine. No worries there, no problem. But there should be some element to what you're doing that is unique to that individual. It is personal training. So even if there's a theme or a template or even a style, like I'll use tempo in a lot of my programs, whether they're for athletes or for my personal training clients. I'll use um, some uh, circuits with both with both uh, populations. But then obviously I'm going to throw in a lot more um, specific work for the athletes and a lot more general work for just my general trainees. And that makes sense, right? Um, but a lot of times when it comes to class programming, group exercise programming, or, or in our case, team programming, where we've got um, full teams coming in and we're not making it necessarily super individual, uh, we're, we're just programming for an entire team, it can be really hard to program. And the, the I guess, reliance on information that's out there, whether that be looking up other programs that are already written and trying to copy them or something like that, the temptation is out there to do that. And I'm not saying that that's, you can never do that or should never do that. I do think, though, that you should look at those programs and view them as a template. In other words, view them as a kind of a guideline. This is what I should, you know, this may be a good way to put programs together, but now I'm going to interject my own exercises into it based on what my client needs or what my team needs or, or what have you. Uh, for example, you know, we post a lot, like we have some weightlifting programs on sale right now. Uh, we have the, the free weightlifting stuff I put on my page. Those are very straightforward, open-ended, generic programs. And when I say generic, I don't mean lame and boring. I mean, they're not specific to a single person. I, you know, if, if I have an individual come in, I'm not going to have them run one of those programs necessarily because that individual might need more work with something else. So if you're looking to just follow someone, but, or follow something that's structured and, and will get you results, then our pre-programmed or preset programs are good to go. And, and as are others that you can find online. However, if you have a client that's paying you good money to write a program for them and, and you know, then it would behoove you to learn how to write your own. And I've said this before, this is the one thing that in my entire career has blown my mind and, and not in a bad way, just things I had to learn, right? We all have to learn. And the one thing that I had to learn was 
when it came to group exercise specifically, those individuals, those coaches and, and, and leaders don't necessarily love to program. That's not why they get into it. They get into it because they love the um, uh, coaching aspect of it. They love the they love being with the with the team or the athletes or the the class. They love motivating people. They like being that positive force in their lives, and they like helping them move better. What they don't necessarily love is sitting down and coming up with an individual program for every single person. And that's there's nothing wrong with that. But however, at first. I heard this, or the first time I encountered this, I was blown away because I thought, well, if your people are coming to your class and they want results, well, don't you want to take credit for those results? You know, don't you want to be the one that says, yeah, it was my program that got them there? And I know that sounds a little selfish, but again, that was the mentality I was coming from in terms of if I had a personal training client, I want them to know that it was me that helped get them there. And not because I want them to, you know, brag about me, but I wanted them to keep paying me so that it would stay with me, right? If they knew I was just throwing out, you know, generic programs um, that weren't tailored to them, that they might get upset and leave. So I was very proud and I really wanted them to know that I was writing the programs and they were getting the results based on their hard work, of course, and their adherence, uh, but also under my guidance. And group exercise is a different animal. Right. But I still think if you're a coach, whether you have to do this for your job or not, if you if you're a CrossFit coach or if you're a group exercise uh, uh, instructor, learning how to program or learning what goes into basic programs could help you understand how to get even better results out of your your class or your group. And so what I wanted to 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 do today it's not not say, hey, you need to be doing these things or you're not your programs aren't going to be good enough. But I want to say, hey, look, if you're thinking about programming or if you're having trouble programming or if you've never even thought about it or care about programming, listen to these ideas and make sure that what you do aligns with these programs or what you're following. If you decide to follow some program and then you'll know that at least your program is heading in the right direction even if you're not the one writing it out specifically. But I think I'll make a case at the very end as to why you might want to and why you might actually fall in love with it like I did. All right, so let's just jump in. And now, this is not going to be uh, the super in-depth um, thing. I'm not going to go through every little bit on how to program because that would take more than one 20-minute episode, and I'm already 11 minutes in. So <laughs> what we're going to do is we're going to kind of cover the basics. Now, First and foremost, you have heard me talk about the nine principles of personal training. And this is not just personal training. This goes with um, any kind of uh, structured exercise fitness routine. This, this, These nine principles have to be there. Now, these nine principles are simply a guideline to make sure that what your program is doing uh, is good for the long haul. Now, that means, when I said the long haul, a long-term solution. You might have training phases that only account for six or seven of these principles, right? But it, when you look at it at a macro level, if we're looking at uh, periodization as a as a guy, where we have you know mesocycles, microcycles, and we have macrocycles, um, 
you know, each little micro cycle may not have all nine principles or each mesocycle may not even, um, probably will. But when you look at it at the macro level, it will. And that's how we get sustainable results year after year in continued progress. So you can have programs that are aimed at six weeks, at eight weeks, at nine weeks that don't adhere to all nine principles. And that is okay. Most of the time they probably will, but they don't have to. And you'll, and we'll see some examples here in a minute, but, um, or here's some examples, but overall the big picture should incorporate all of these principles. Okay. And so what principles are we talking about? Well, we have, again, we have nine principles that we normally, um, will use as a filter to guide all of our programming. So just to recap all nine principles, we have overload, progression, reversibility, specificity, safety, variety, diminishing returns, recovery, and individualism. All of these programs need to be accounted for, all of these principles need to be accounted for in order to have a successful long-term program. Now, those principles, again, you've heard me talk about before in length. Go through some of the old podcasts if you want an in-depth description. But using those as a filter, so if you're buying someone's programming, or if you are scouring the internet to trying to find a quick um, program to follow for the next training block, then you are going to want to make sure that these principles are being adhered to. So we got to have progression. You got to have some way to move forward to overcome uh, what you've done before and push forward. That's you know uh, paramount. Overload. You've got to be able to stress the body more than what it can currently do in order to progress. Often those two are lumped together as progressive overload. You've got reversibility. Use it or lose it. So this is one thing that I think a lot of, this is one of the ones where a lot of programs get really fouled up. Um, we get so entrenched in, you know, one or two or three modes of movement, but we forget about rotation or we forget about agility. We forget about things like that. And those are things that overall can hurt. Now it depends on what you're programming for. So for example, if I'm, if I'm, you know, training a weightlifter, they're going to be fairly athletic overall. Weightlifters are very athletic, but they may not have the side-to-side -side lateral agility of a soccer player. Obviously, I'm going to train them a little differently, and that's should be somewhat obvious and apparent. That being said, um, the other thing that I would I would say is that we have a, um, I guess a, a an obligation, right, to make sure that all of our athletes and or personal training clients do get a full range of training modalities. So even if your weightlifter isn't necessarily going to be running cone drills uh, or cutting side to side in their movement, obviously the, that type of agility doesn't need to be done, but there could be other things that you could work on. Like plyometrics do help with agility and they also help with power and explosiveness. So there are some things you could do that have some transfer, but it helps get the athlete a more well-rounded um, training experience. Uh, specificity and individuality, you know, being sport specific or an individuality being 
specific to that individual's needs, whether they have injuries or what have you. So again, if you're training for a class, individuality is one of those ones that may be overlooked and not overlooked because it's not important, overlooked because it'd be hard to individualize a you know 30 person class, right? So you might call some things out though. So this is how I would incorporate that. So if you're thinking, well, I have a, I teach a, a group kettlebell class. Um, how can I individualize it? Well, what you might do is you might have a few things that you can call out for those individuals that have, you know, common mistakes. So for example, when I'm, when I'm coaching my soccer team, they're, they're the, the, the ones we're currently coaching, the big team we're currently working with. Uh, when we were coaching through the squats, when we were teaching them how to squat, there are some two or three major issues that we see, or not major, uh, common issues. We see the knees caving in, we see not being able to go to full depth, or we see squatting down and the torso leaning forward almost like a good morning. A lot of these are, are patterns that we see within a lot of different athletes, and so Although I don't say, hey, Joe, you do this, and Bob, you do this, and Steve, you do this. It might be, hey, if you are leading forward, it might be an indication that we need to spend more time on the hip, uh, hip flexor stretches. Or if you are not being able to get depth, <coughs> maybe your hamstrings are tight. If, if, if your knees are caving in, or if you're coming up on your, your heels, you've got some tightness in your Achilles. There, there's little things like that that I can say generally to the whole team, but that may only apply to one or two people. And that's how we get that individuality um, principle incorporated into our overall programming for a team and, and for uh, uh, classes. So looking for common mistakes that you see or common mistakes that you might you know, um, predict you'll see in these classes and having some general cues that may or may not apply to everyone. Um, so we've also got safety. That's obviously, uh, that should, should be an obvious, obvious one. Diminishing returns. Now this is probably the one that has the most impact, uh, if neglected on a group class and, and an individual as well. Diminishing returns just means simply as we get closer to our goal, the results are going to be slower and slower. If you start off at 400 pounds and your goal is to lose weight, you're going to lose several pounds per week in the beginning. And as you get closer and closer to uh, your goal or a lighter weight, it's not going to come off as quickly. Or if I'm trying to build muscle and I'm first day I step in the gym, I'm going to gain strength and size pretty quickly over that first year. And then it slows down and you might go a year just to put on five pounds of muscle, if that. So again, that's diminishing returns. So when you program for a class, you have to understand that uh, even though some people are just pop in and pop out and they just want a good sweat, okay? That's fine. But you also do have those people that come in every single day. And when you're programming a class or if you're looking at a program to follow, use those people that come in every single day as your filter. Those are the ones that you want to look at and say, okay, I know, you know, Sarah and John come in every single day and I want to make sure that they get the best out of it because they're putting the most into it. Not that the rest aren't important. It may be for a million reasons why they're not coming in every single day. However, 
the ones that are coming in every single day are the ones that are going to benefit the most from a quality program or they're going to suffer the least suffer the most if it's a poorly written program right so if you do too much of one thing they can get overused injuries if you don't focus on stretching you know things like that all of these different aspects are going to affect those people that come in the most so those are the people that you need to think about so if you have programs that are progressive in nature and they they um you know allow allow for those diminishing returns to happen in other words as we get closer to our goal we might have to step it up a notch in our conditioning or what have you just to make sure that we are um uh making progress and the thought is it's not going to affect everybody because you're going to have a lot of people just pop in once or twice a week in your group classes but the goal is now i know some people can't do to their schedule but the goal should be to get everyone so pumped and, and jacked up about your class that they want to come every day or as often as they possibly can and that's not easy and that's not you know going to happen with everybody but that's how you need to look at it so even if you're not writing your own program knowing these things about how to program are going to help you select things that are good for your class or select programs to follow you might be getting online uh, let's say you teach a crossfit class and you might be getting online to, to try to figure out which programming are you going to look at are you going to look at you know crossfit mayhem or comp train or, or there's a myriad of others out there. And you might decide, well, this one, they're about the same price. Both have produced champions. Maybe, you know, either one of them is good. And they probably are. Either one of them is probably fine. But one of them might look better with your athletes, with the type of people that you're training. Or if you're teaching a group kettlebell class and you're looking at, you know, uh, you know programs that are out there that are, you know, developed by um, Les Mills or I can't think of any other... <laughs> programming uh, uh, products out there uh, in the group fitness world, but there's many. And if you're looking and comparing those, again, you might look at how they put their programs together and see which one would fit better with your athlete. So even if you're not writing the specific day-to-day -day workouts, you're going to have a, a, an eye on what your class really needs and which program would be better to buy. Or if you're just following it free from somewhere online. So I know there's a couple other principles that I didn't touch on specifically, but the idea is using those will help you select a program that you're picking offline or choosing to buy. Or if you do decide to write a program, you need to be following those. Even if it's some two to three week blocks, you're not accounting for all of them. You know, like maybe variety, you don't account for that during uh, um, or a whole lot of that during each micro cycle. But again, over the course of three months, six months a year, you, you certainly will. Um, the other thing that we want to talk about, and again, I'm not going to get into great detail here, but you also have to look at, again, when you were talking about teaching a class, overall, I already mentioned the periodization, and I, I really just think that's a great way to, to structure your workouts. And that way, we have different phases throughout the year. We have phases where we're working on muscular endurance. We have phases where we're working on muscular size, uh, hypertrophy, or strength or power. In a, in a sports world, we, we always refer to it as you know in-season, off-season, post-season, pre-season. And that's going to change how we program or what 
what exercises we put when, when we're going to do the heavy, heavy, heavy lifting, when we're going to back off the heavy and do more sport specific skills and drills, you know, that, that kind of thing. But for a general class, you still need to have that in mind. You may not have an off season or an in season, so we can still try to progress year round, but you still need to have seasons, uh, phases of your training where you're working on endurance and when you're working on hypertrophy, or sometimes you can put two of those phases together a strength endurance phase, a uh, strength and hypertrophy phase. You can do that. That takes a little bit more knowledge on how to you know, expertly put that together, but it can be done. So again, if you're looking to buy a program, just keep in mind, if you buy 12 months of someone's programming, if they don't give it to you all up front, make sure you ask the question, is this going to you know, change periodically? How do you change it? You know, how, how do you account for muscular endurance versus, you know, hypertrophy versus strength or, or whatever the, the case may be. Make sure you know those things so that when you look at it, you can make an informed decision. And if you're thinking about writing a program, make sure you do that. Now, I do that in my, my um, uh, total body fitness class. And it's not always popular <laughs> right now. We're going through... Uh, a very, very athletic phase. What I would consider in the, if it was a sport, this would be a preseason phase where we're working on some maintenance on strength, a little bit of progression, a little bit of, you know, pushing the weight, you know, a little heavier each week, but we're doing, you know, moderate uh, reps, eight to eight to 12 reps, kind of in that hypertrophy range, but are really focusing on athletic movement. So we're doing a lot of rotation, a lot of lateral movements, a lot of, um, box jumping and, and ladders and cones and things we don't do throughout the entire year when we're working on just getting bigger, stronger, and leaner. But we do need to incorporate a lot of those things. And they have been sore. Let me tell you, people, the last, this is, we're starting our third week of this phase. And the first two weeks, they couldn't walk because they hadn't done cone drills in a while. They hadn't done uh, box jumps and line hops and standing broad jumps and things like that. Um, and so it's good for them, even though they moan and groan, it's good for their overall development. Looking at that macro cycle, this is something that they're going to need to do to progress and to keep their body in good shape for all types of different movements. So hopefully that gives you some ideas of some things to look through, look at when you're putting together a program. Now, obviously, I can go way in depth on this and I really have to tone myself back because on each one of those points, I could do a whole episode on, um, and maybe I will. But that being said, I mentioned I'll allude to the fact that maybe you'll fall in love with programming. When you start looking at this and you are successful and saying, you know what, my class really seems to really suffer whenever we do any long you know, conditioning circuits. So maybe I need to work more on endurance. And so you find a program that works endurance and they respond well and they get really better. That gets exciting. You get pumped up. You're like, hey, man, I, I, I had a good call there. That was cool. I'm, I'm proud of myself, which is good. But also you're like, man, they're better now. Now I can do even more things with them. And that starts getting you thinking, what if I added this? What if I added this? What if I added this? And that's where that brain goes when you really start delving deep into the, you know, um, the variables you can manipulate to get different training effects. And that's when you're going to be like, you know what? I want to write this entire training block this next time. Eh, maybe not. Maybe it'll take a little while to get there. But I bet some of you will enjoy it more than you think. If you need any help with programming, if you need any help 
um, putting things together in certain specific parts of your training phases. Whether you're training for a class or training for uh, a you know, personal training client, just let me know. Send me a direct message. We would love to chat with you and talk to you a little bit more about that. Have a great one.